Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Claim Your Career Crown podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and I am really excited. We're going to have so much fun today because, as you can see, I've got the amazing RJ Redden here with me, and we're going to be talking about how to grow profit more by doing less with tech mastery. And I think we all want to know about this. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about RJ, who has become a good friend, and she's been coaching people about technology since 1998. So we're talking when the dinosaurs roamed the earth. And what's even better than before is she was working on all this, and she was worried about the year 2000, you know, destroying all computers, and she got through it, right? Uh, Because she even remembers the Oregon Trail and how many people died from dysentery. So Here she is with us today, and once she sort of spent some time in her life, I have to tell you, she spent five months in a country where she didn't know the language just so she could learn how to explain things more effectively to people. That's what RJ is all about. And while those results (laughs) were both incredible and terrible, at the same time, her skills greatly increased because she forced herself to be in that position. And she even got kicked off a train once, although with her cape and goggles, um, in this case, it was not moving. So um, I just want you to know that and share that she loves technology, um, just like it's her very best friend. And she has the most outstanding clients on this earth. And RJ, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lynn. I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, honestly, that was the greatest introduction ever. Um, I do want to let everybody know Oregon Trail, the computer game, not the actual Oregon Trail (laughs) in 1849, just so we're all on the same page. All right. Well, that's where I got lost. (laughs) Oh, all the games. My audience knows me well that I love to play Pokemon Go. And for those of us of you who are joining us for that very first time, regardless of what video games or handheld games that you play, hey, um, if you love what we're doing, then don't miss another episode by subscribing to Claim Your Career Crown wherever you get your podcasts. And as I said, if you do truly love what we're doing, please take another moment and give us a five-star review. We would very much appreciate it. All right, RJ, what an incredible bio and all the things you do and really talking about technology and how to weave that in to work less and make more money. What inspired you to get started? What inspired me to get started in entrepreneurship is that I am unemployable. Uh, I am not one of those people that is okay if you sit them in the same place during the same hours every day and ask them to do the same thing. I am sorry. That is a recipe for disaster. I will get into trouble. I will I will make the computers do things they are not designed to do. Uh, I'm just all kinds of permissionless over here. And so companies generally don't like that. Um, also, you know, kind of on a on a deeper note, I knew I wasn't getting as far as I could get. I just I knew that the the ceiling. Uh, of where I could go was so much higher if I just put the boots to it and did it myself. Um, I was one of those people that, you know, I was uh, raised in a time and a place where you don't speak. 
You just, you know, you just kind of, you know, uh, go along with whatever's happening. Don't speak. Nobody wants to hear you anyway. Uh, and, you know, as far as let's start our own business, absolutely unheard of. No, you, you know, you, what you're supposed to do. I never do what I'm supposed to do. But what you're supposed to do is uh, go to school, get good grades. So you can go to college, get good grades and get even greater student loans and uh, and and then get into a position uh, in which you can stay for 30 years or that's a recipe for a nightmare for some of us. Uh, I just I, I, I just realized that my personality, my ideas, all of my my foibles. We are ripe and ready for entrepreneurship, trying new things, changing things, change, creative problem solving. That's what I'm built for. I am not built to be a person who just does one thing all the time. So that was a long answer to a short question, everybody. I know, but that's brilliant because that the really ties into the whole point about technology, which is constantly changing and evolving, as do our businesses and our markets and what we need to be staying on top of and having someone like you in our hip pocket and on our team makes such a huge impact. So I'd love to have you share with our audience, you know, some of the things that you do um, with combining tech and profit and working less and what kind of process that you go through. Yeah, absolutely. So using tech to help your business process, process. I call it, uh, I just call it simplification. You know, whether uh, I, I do a lot of automations uh, and automations concerning either marketing or service, uh, or sometimes people, you know, sometimes both. But what I'm, what I'm seeking to do is make the business of being in business uh, not such a headache simplifying your world such that there are things happening in the background. When I was an entrepreneur, a very, very new uh, baby entrepreneur, we'll say, I have enough technical ability that I could pretty much replicate almost anything that I saw. Uh, both a blessing and a curse. Because I would go, oh, there's a website. I'll bet you I can do that. And then there were a billion people saying, oh, of course you can do your own website. Oh, drag, drop, Weebly, Wix, blah, you know, oh, it's going to be so easy. Um, <laughs> uh, making a good website is never easy, people. Anyway, uh, and so it was that way with websites. It was that way with social media. It was that way with a lot of things. Oh, it's just so easy to do it by yourself. And and me having a bunch of technology uh, and not a whole bunch of assistance to make things happen. I tried to do it all by myself. Uh, let me tell you, failure has never been so poignant. Um, you know, even for tech nerds, sometimes that that's the dark side of being so creative sometimes is that we will lead ourselves down to a rabbit hole. We will take a project that someone else should really, really take on, um, just because we're bored and we want to try some new things. Uh, anyway, that was, that was a whole rabbit trail back to the present. What do you do with technology, RJ? I think people should use it to simplify their lives and their businesses. If there is a conversation that you have over and over and over again, there's a way to automate that so that it feels personal 
and much more endearing. Uh, I know that that sounds weird, but let me tell you, I've been doing nothing else for five years. There is a way to automate whatever kind of training, automation, all of that kind of stuff so that you, the business owner, the person with the vision making it happen, can go about doing the things that are really, really important and saving those second level, third level deep conversations for for you, taking away all of the, you know, yes, we're open today until five. (laughs) Who needs to answer that over and over again? (laughs) Yes, the podcast will be out next Wednesday. Who needs to answer that over and over again? Where's the replay? Oh, darlings. Uh, You know what I mean? All of those kinds of questions deserve an answer. They deserve a quick answer. And if you can have the right system supporting you, they can provide an answer to 100 people at once. And you don't have to get on the phone and you don't have to answer that email. Um, To me, it's about simplifying. It's about connecting with people very, very personally all the way up the line. It's about creating a client journey that is delightful, surprising, endearing, makes your people choose you every step down the line and making it a completely automated experience so that you make it once. And then, you know, uh, every time, you know, like eh, six months goes by, let's review. Is all this still correct? But honestly, those making those kinds of adventures uh, just sets me on fire every single morning when I wake up. Well, that's and you use a favorite phrase of mine, which is the client journey, a delightful client journey, um, because it is it's so important that you're creating that path for the client so that there isn't area frictions, that they don't have questions that are going unanswered and that they're just it's the magic behind the curtain. And uh, they get to go through on have that wonderful experience of working with you so that they can become raving fans and give you those wonderful referrals and testimonials. So I'm really curious, you know, when you're working with people who aren't, of course, as tech savvy as you are, um, what are some of the ways that, you know, the first things that you look at with what they're doing? Um, do you perform an assessment? How do you sort of get your arms around, you know, like, you know, where they're at and what's like the first things or the low hanging fruit? And then what's a strategic plan? Yeah, absolutely. So generally I, I define that strategic plan uh, within the phone call. If I know that somebody and I are going to go down a road together, I start looking at the, from the beginning to the end of the current client journey. Um, you know, it, it may not, those might not be the starting and ending points when we're finished, but I look at what their people are going through because here's the deal. I'm a person who has wildly wonderful intentions, but <laughs> the people that land on my website or land on one of my, one of my quizzes, what that journey is step-by-step step, is what people are getting. It's not all these intentions over here. What are people really seeing? How is it really striking them? So I basically, if I, if I know I'm going to work with a human, uh, what I do is go, all right, give me all the links and I'm going to mystery shop you. Uh, I'm going to go through all of the steps. 
I'm going to, I'm going to show you where things are disconnected. Uh, and also, you know, show them some, some strategies about a increasing the amount of people coming in hugely important to have a steady stream, right? So how do we increase and keep stable, relatively stable, the amount of people coming in and how do we, how do we give them each a time that makes them feel like a VIP that makes them feel energized to take the next step in your process. I mostly work with coaches. And so coaches are always, you know, selling courses and doing things like that. A lot of courses never, ever get finished. Like only 3% of courses ever get finished. So how do we, how do we take a client, a potential client? How do we connect with them in such a way that we can motivate and reward them throughout the whole process, yeah. whole process, because then they'll be like, what's the next step? What else can I do with you? Instead of how many people can I get into this mastermind? You see, it's a whole different, it's a whole different point of view. Instead of pushing myself on people, if I treat them right through the through client journey, they'll come after me. I don't need to push. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I love what you're saying. It's so vital. I'm really curious when you're working with people, what do you find that holds them back, especially when they're looking at the tech side, um, you know, uh, making the investment or just the, the, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but just that, like, it just, it's like, oh my, I'm, it's like, it's tech. I don't understand this. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, the first thing that I tell people is that because here's the deal if you're of a certain maturity level if you're of a certain age remember when computers used to be like if you hit the wrong key you might delete the entire thing that you were working on and there was no undo um some people are at that level of frightened and i get it i get it um i uh i went to school for uh, computers, but I didn't go as a bachelor's. I went as my master's. I felt like that would be a really great idea. <laughs> so there were all these classes that they made me take that were computer science. I am not a computer science person. I will go paint you a painting. Please do not make me fill in that spreadsheet. It will be done one day after I die. Thank you. Uh, that is not my shenanigans. Okay. So um, going through all of that, all of those computer science things and just coding, you had to handwrite it. It was a whole thing. Going through that helped me realize, you know, exactly what people are going through when, when sometimes I'm talking about technology and they don't want to say they don't know what I'm talking about, but I know they don't know because of that fear, you know, because of that look in their eyes. The first thing I'm going to tell you is this, that the programming behind what you're looking at on your computer, yeah, it's pretty detailed, extensive. Um, it's craziness. Uh, when I look at all the stuff, I go, oh, the pretty lines are in color. Isn't that nice? I can't make sense out of that stuff. That stuff is designed by, you know, people that, that work very hard. But many, many times they skimp on what you're looking at. Which means that just because you can't walk up 
and immediately save the world from being exterminated by <laughs> men in black with your laptop doesn't mean you're bad at computers. Yeah. It doesn't mean it because a lot of times the simple usability stuff like undo, where's the good exit button? How can I get out of what I do what I'm doing without destroying everything? A lot of times that stuff isn't built in or it's built in very badly. So first rule of working with tech, please, it's not your fault. <laughs> it's just not your fault. It's okay. You know what? If that software is confusing, it's probably because somebody left something out on the interface side. They didn't pay for a really great uh, user experience person. It's okay to ask. And if somebody treats you like you don't know anything when you ask them, uh, don't buy that software. Yeah. Don't buy it. Um, so, uh, so, you know, I mean, I, when I was in grad school, my entire thesis graduation project was to work with 30 businesses uh, in the Omaha Council Bluffs area. That's where I'm from. Work with 30 businesses, work with them for six to eight weeks. I had this system that I had developed called Agile Training. And what it does, what it did was, make sure that the skills that I was training on were actually the stuff that they were going to use. Uh -huh. When people, I tested people before and after on the set of skills, people retain 93% of what I taught them. Wow. Yes. 93% uh, is not a number that we're used to hearing. Maybe 30% if you're on a good day, but 93% because if you, you know, if you support people, right, if you help them through, if you walk them through well enough, then you can, you know, people are motivated to learn. They really, really are. They're just given a stack of videos and told to swim. <laughs> it's not that the right so way. True. It's oh, so yeah. true. Yeah. So I've, I've worked with a lot of people over the years that have been afraid of technology. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I mean, if you're hiring me, I'm probably doing most of it anyway. Uh, but there are ways to support people, especially for those heart-centered coaches out there. There are ways to support people while making them feel empowered to take the next step without you and go, look, mom, no hands. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, and we all want to pick there so we can do that. Woohoo. All right. <laughs> so, um for those of the people who are tuning in and listening and they're going, okay, so what does this mean? What are some of the things that I could do on my website that um, you know, or in my tech in my autoresponders, I mean, you work a lot with bots um that could increase their um you know, their user satisfaction or their visitor um, retention. I mean, what are some tricks that you would recommend? Or, I mean, obviously these are things that just for their awareness, I should say, because they're not going to, it's not a DYI show. Right. <laughs> well, the first thing is that if you think of traditional marketing, the way that is modeled out there, okay, is that you, spend your life on social media, cranking out content, uh, and, uh, you know, have a post, a whole post 
everything you know in your head just to try to get some attention. That's kind of one way that it works that really doesn't work for a whole lot of people, unless your last name is Kardashian. Yes, I have the behind. No, I don't have the last name. So I am not an influencer. But um, that that sort of that sort of thing, you know, live streaming every day. Uh, there are some people out there who do it every single day. Um, there's there's a lot of methods out there with social media, but a lot of it is kind of a crazy content merry-go-round. Uh, where you're just cranking stuff out. Yeah. Then the the other way is get in people's inboxes and try to sell them from there. It's a really hard place to sell from. It's a really hard place to sell from. Some people have done some wonders in some email inboxes. However, that is not, you know, that's not something that, you know, you can spike your living on either Uh, because it's so, it's so hard. It's so hard to be heard among all of the noise there. Everybody's selling you something in your inbox and everybody knows it. So now they're moving to other places. Um, So all of those models ask for one way attention. I'm going to shout you my message and buy, and to, to please buy my stuff at you in whatever channel it is until you just kind of go, okay, I guess I'll buy the thing or you unsubscribe. That's how the email one goes. And the, the social media platforms is another thing. It's an announcement platform, but there's not a lot of people listening. Right. So here's how I would change that. And here's something you can do today for free in a very short amount of time is to change your policy, change your policy. Most of those things have a one-way interaction that invites you to a two-way interaction late in the game. I will use a sports analogy. It's as if I was just going to sit and talk to you until the seventh inning, and then I'm going to start asking you to buy, right? Then I'm going to ask for some kind of an interaction. And most of the time, it's just financial. Hey, hand me your wallet. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So let's change it, everybody. Let's change it right now. Let's change it to a place where almost as soon as you get into my circle, I'm asking you for a meaningful interaction. Now, that could be as simple as asking people questions. Just using questions to get to know people. I know it sounds elementary. But how many times are we broadcasting out and not asking people, hey, what's your opinion? What do you think? Reply to me privately. Let's get a conversation going. How many conversations are we getting going? So just reviewing that a little bit, changing the policy. Let's not wait to have an interaction with somebody. Let's tag them right now. Let's, you know, let's get a conversation going. It doesn't have to be in public. It can be, hey, do y'all like pickles or uh, sweet pickles or dill pickles? Please vote. There's two buttons on the bottom of this email. Uh, and, you know, one button you've pickle, you've voted for sweet pickles and one you've voted for dill. Uh, and then you kind of come out with uh, you. You could have another uh, email auto responding. Thank you for your vote on sweet pickles. I particularly love sweet pickles as well. Here's why. Um, It could just be fun nonsense. You know, it doesn't have to be all fired serious all the time. You don't have to drop 
this the the particular word keywords that everybody has told you to use you can just be human with people because people crave connection people crave connection ask them questions give them some options be real with people yeah. Doing those things is amazing and ask them for that interaction. I always ask them to, I ask people, uh, I have systems set up so that I ask people to take my quiz. I ask people to join my community. Uh, and, uh, and I ask people to go to networking events. Um, that's, that's a regular system that brings people in that are excited about the Cape and goggles and want to learn more. <laughs> Well, and the cape and goggles are amazing. So we all want to learn more as RJ is our superhero of the day. And that was a brilliant suggestion and I am all for it. And uh, I will hear here because I want to say that my, the, the emails, I mean, and the in newsletters and the interactions that get the single biggest, our single biggest hit ever was last year when we put out and let people download a recipe book that included, it was like a 20 pager that all the team members contributed to for a recipe book. And it was just us. And that we had a personal story about why the recipe was important to us. Yeah. And that was the, that, that was just like a huge hit. I mean, we had people asking, well, can I get that link again? We actually put it out for Christmas in July because we were all the graphics, we were all wearing Santa hats. It was sort of like our, our gift, you know, here yeah. from our family to yours, you know, and it was, uh, it was just a lot of fun too. Cause it also reveals a little bit about yourself and we are all able to share these personal stories, you know, about why these recipes were, and it has nothing to do with sales strategy. Nope. <laughs> nope. It has nothing to do with sales strategy, but here's the absolute truth. It's not about saying the buzzwords. It's not about acting like you think other people want to see you. It's not about that. What it is about is how passionate you are about your solution, how passionate you are about helping people, how badly you want to connect with people. We have all been a number on somebody else's email list. We've all been there. It feels alienating. Why? Because it is. Because we would never, ever treat people in person the way we treat them online. Yeah. What so if, true. what if, Lynn, we changed it? Yeah. What if we just treated people like our friends? I mean, for me, uh, I let people in. I let people into my life and, and in my world. Uh, in my community. And uh, occasionally I remember I have an email list. And so I do email people on it. Um, But (laughs) everybody got an invitation today to a networking thing I'm having tomorrow. Uh, That there is an example for you right there. Uh, I am not the queen of email. I'll tell you that. But interacting with my people, finding out where they are, how do they feel, what's going on in their lives, what's going on with their technology, uh, you know, those types of things and letting them know times, times when I fail, 
uh, one time, and this was a long time ago, I worked <laughs> when I still felt I was right for corporate, corporate slavery. It was a bad <laughs> decision, but uh, I worked in a furniture place. Uh, we designed furniture layouts uh, for huge businesses. And uh, I had just gotten this job. It was the best job I'd ever had up to that point. And uh, about a week and a half after I'd been there about 10 days, the boss comes out of her uh, office and she says, she announces there were about seven of us designers. She just announces in a loud voice, everybody, I made a mistake. Uh, I put this down on a client order and uh, it really always needs to be this. Be sure you do this next time you order this one part. Thank you. End of public service announcement. She walks back into her office. I loved that woman. I follow her to the ends of the earth. Later on uh, in the business, I became her her number one designer because she moved to sales. And, uh, and we had the best team relationship that I've ever had with another human being to this day. I would have followed her anywhere. I would have done anything because she admitted her mistakes. She told me who she really was. And okay. didn't hold anything back. And that's the kind of per- person that I want to be with my tribe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that is so brilliant because um, perfectionism is overrated and we are, we're human and letting people in and to see that um, is so important because then they know that they can fall down and they can still get back up, dust themselves off and go at it again. Because yeah. you're really leading by example. So RJ, thank you so much for sharing how to grow and profit more by doing less with tech mastery. And you've been so brilliant. I know that our listeners are going to want to know more about where they can find you and connect with you and find out more about you. Well, here's the deal, everybody. I have a quiz. It's about 20 questions long. It's multiple choice. It will tell you what your specific marketing personality is. Now, why do you want to know about whatever your marketing personality is? Come on, RJ. I've taken a hundred of these quizzes. Here's why you want to know the answer to that question. I got four categories and I'll report to you what your high points are, uh, your, your, your two high points are. What that will tell you is that will dictate a custom plan of marketing activities that you should do that align with your personal values. Hear me now, everyone, scooting up to the microphone. (laughs) Not all marketing works for all people. There are 1,094, wait, now there's 1,095 marketing tools out there for you. How do you know which ones to choose? Because everybody will stand by the one that made them a million dollars and say, it's this one, it's this one, come get this one. But what if that tool or that process isn't aligned to you and your values? You're going to hate your marketing. You're going to dread doing it. You're going to give it to somebody else as soon as you can, even if they're not qualified, just so you don't have to do it. Your marketing needs to be in alignment with your values and who you are and the choices that you want to make for your business. If you find that out, then you have marketing that not only brings people in the door, but that you're excited to do because it's fun for you. So take my quiz. It is yourcorecode.com. 
uh, yourcorecode.com. Hop on over there, find out your marketing personality and get that list of customized recommendations. Because to me, when everything's in alignment, that's when it feels effortless. That's when it feels like, that's when we enter that flow state where, you know what, it isn't hard to market. And it really, it really isn't. If you've got support, uh, if you notice, I didn't say knowledge. If you've got the support that you need, you can make that side of your business run without you having to be in it. And uh, that's the truth or I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have been doing this for five years and I certainly wouldn't have sent over a million messages over chatbots. So that's what I know. All right. Well, you guys better trot on over. Run, do not walk, I should say, to that quiz. Um, And RJ, thank you so much. And for everyone who joined us today, thank you for being here. This has been a really informative discussion and a heck of a lot of fun. And if you have ideas that you would like to share, you can leave us a comment down below. And remember, all of RJ's links will be there a click away. And we love to hear from you. Just as RJ just said, we will respond human to human. And if you have a question or would like to suggest a topic for discussion, you can email us at jointheconversation at petitetoqueen.com. And to stay current on all of our insightful advice, our breakthrough advantages, and incredible episodes like the one today with RJ, please sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter at petitetoqueen.com. And I want to thank everyone who tuned in and RJ. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me today. Lynn, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, I hope to be back sometime because uh, your audience is wonderful. You are wonderful. And uh, I can't imagine being hooked up with nicer people. (laughs) Thank you so much. See you all soon.